imagine the followers of Christ, their dismay, their wonderment, they look to Jesus Christ as the one to deliver them from the oppressive Roman Empire. And now all hope was gone. That night, religious leaders in Israel probably read Deuteronomy 21 to their families and warned their families about the curse of God on those that hung on a tree. Fathers probably warned their sons, watch out that you don't ever wind up like this crazy guy. Those Roman soldiers that night probably went home, washed the blood of Jesus from off their hands and under their fingernails, played with their children in front of a fire before dozing off. It was just another rebellious person trying to stir up trouble in the Roman Empire, had crossed the line and needed to be put away as dozens of others that were lining the highways. And now he was just decaying meat to them. That corpse of Jesus lay there in silence in that grave, by all appearances had been tested and tried and really found wanting. If you'd gone and pulled up his bruised eyelids that were matted together with blood, you would have looked into blank holes. If you'd lifted his arm, it would have been raised with no resistance. You would have heard only the sickening thud as it fell when you let it go. You might have walked from that morbid scene and said, The wages of sin is death. A Messiah who died at the hands of the pagans, instead of winning God's battle against them, this deceiver, why then did the people go on and keep talking about this Jesus of Nazareth? The answer is obvious. Jesus raised from the dead. Sometime before dawn on Sunday morning, that spike torn hand twitched and the blood-crusted eyelid opened and the breath of God came blowing into that cave and new creation flashed into reality. And when the disciples were confronted with this, He is not here, He is alive, He is risen, as He said, in in light of this resurrection, they had to go through a massive rearranging of their thinking. Seeing a once dead Jesus standing before them, it brought to them a a radical new way of understanding the Messiah. And a new way of understanding 
all the teachings that He had given them, the disciples at the resurrection were immediately transformed from men of hopelessness and fear and dismay into men who were confident, bold, and willing to give their lives for this cause. There are many, many proofs of the resurrection. We have looked at them many times over, but when you want another proof of the resurrection, you can hold forth the life of the disciples. This was a band of, and, and I don't mean it in disregard to them, but they were a, a band of men that were bumbling and stumbling followers of Christ. They wouldn't get what he was trying to teach, and I wouldn't have got it, and you wouldn't have got it either if you were there. And they all forsook him in the last days. And they went back to their original occupations and back to life as normal until the resurrection. And then they were radically changed when they realized that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And they saw this miracle. And from that time on, they walked in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, Paul is teaching us about the the old life and the new life. And he says that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Throughout this, and through many other passages, you'll find reference to the power of the resurrection, that we should walk in newness of life, like as Christ was raised from the dead, so we should walk in newness of life. And the disciples indeed did, because of the resurrection. They had a completely new life. And the resurrection means for us this too. Today we want to look at at the new life that the disciples have and the new life that Christ intends us to have because of the resurrection. The new life that the disciples had is a spiritual, eternal life. Christ's resurrection, His death, and His resurrection guarantee that there is more to life than just this life. There is eternity, and it, by His death, paying the penalty for our sin, and His resurrection, rising victorious over it, He gives to whoever trusts in Him eternal life. New life. We have a new Master. Before, we ran our own life. This new life, we have a new master, a master who is perfect in all his ways, 
a master who never makes a mistake, a master who is full of mercy and goodness. The disciples had a new pattern that they should walk in His steps. This new master now gave them a new pattern for life, a new model for life that they should, um, with this new life, walk in. And that created new habits. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passing away. Behold, all things become new. And He gave the disciples and He gives to us a new peace. He said, My peace I give unto you, not like the world gives. My peace I give unto you. It's a peace that cannot be taken away. Friday night we looked at the cross. It purchased our peace with God. We were at enmity with God. We were at odds with God. He is holy and we are sinners. And we were opposed to God in all our ways. But the resurrection makes it possible that we can be at peace with God. It gives us a new life, but the disciples had a radically changed new purpose. Their life was not about themselves any longer. Their hearts had been captivated by a person and a cause that was far beyond themselves. Their purpose was to live for the glory of God because they saw this is the one who conquered sin and death. No one else had ever conquered death. And this is the one, this is God in the flesh. And Satan brought his greatest forces against him. And Jesus Christ rose victorious of it. So they had a whole new purpose in life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2. Paul also said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, For me to live is Christ. My purpose for living is Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So that my desire is, whether I live or whether I die, that Christ would be magnified. Listen, any other purpose you have in life, other than living for Christ, will end in great and sad disappointment. Because every other purpose in life will eventually be pried out of your hands. Security in life comes by building your life around that which can never be taken away, and that is Jesus Christ. And they had a whole new purpose. They were were stumbling followers of Christ that would speak when they shouldn't, They'd argue about who's going to sit on the right hand and on the left hand, who's going to do what. And after 
the resurrection. They, they were infused with a new purpose that was greater than themselves and beyond themselves. They no longer desired to live the rest of their time in the lust of the flesh because they also had a new power. That we should walk in newness of life. I love how Ephesians chapter 1 puts it. Paul is, is writing to the church at Ephesus and he said, I, I pray for you that you may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. In verse 18 of chapter 1, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him up from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body. Paul said, I want you to know the exceeding greatness of His power. The same power that was at work in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Philippians chapter 2, that same power. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His his strength and power and of His pleasure. See, it is a very frustrating thing to try to live the Christian life in your own power. It's impossible. But because we serve a living Savior, the same power that raised Him from the dead is the same power as we depend on it that gives us the power to overcome evil with good, gives us the power to forgive when it's very hard to forgive, gives us power to respond after the new pattern, after the new man. You read the book of Acts, and I would encourage you to, um, as a follow-up to Easter, begin reading through the book of Acts. These disciples that... that um, when they came against Jesus, you remember Peter whacked off a guy's ear and said, we'll fight the battle for you, doing it all in the flesh. And Jesus says, no, no, you're, you're misunderstanding what's going on here. Those same, Je- those same di- disciples that were, were doing that, you read in the book of Acts, they were boldly going into places and proclaiming Christ being stoned and run out of town and imprisoned. And they weren't fighting in the arm of the flesh. They had a whole new power. So that they could say, I can do all things through Christ, the power of the resurrection, through Christ which strengtheneth me. Their new power gave them a new confidence. I I enjoyed reading in Matthew 28, where it says, They departed with great joy 
when they found out he was risen. When they found out he was risen, um, the fog kind of lifted and they were able to see things in a, in a clear view and they knew God's Word is true. He said He would rise again, and He did it exactly as He said. And their confidence in the Word of God was increased. They knew that they had a Savior. They knew that He was the Messiah now. Just those three days before, they, they thought, we, we have no hope. Just moments before, there is no Savior. But now they had a new confidence. He is the Messiah. We can see now the things that He told us before fit together. They knew that they were not alone. They'd never be alone. He is living. He is with them. They had victory over fear. And they knew that their King someday would be coming. They understood the teaching where Jesus, before His crucifixion, said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And they're thinking, Where are you going to prepare a place? They're wanting Him to set up their kingdom And he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now they started getting the picture. He was the lamb that was slain. And he is going to the Father, and he is alive and will be coming again. And they had an unwavering confidence that all the persecution of Nero and Rome could not sway them from it. They had a renewed confidence that carried the gospel throughout all the known parts of the world at that time because they had a new message. The message before was one of the Pharisees of tedious sacrifice and tediously trying to keep the law continuous effort. But now they began to understand when Jesus was on the cross and said, It is finished. They understood, Ah, that's the payment for our sin. And He's risen victorious. The Lamb is come. The debt is paid. The job is complete. A number of years ago, missionaries Martin and Gracia Burnham were taken by terrorists in the Philippines and held captive wandering about in, in jungle forests, held captive all this time. And near Easter, during their year-long captivity... Their captors came to them and said, A ransom has been received, but it is not enough. Their hearts were buoyed up with hope. 
But then they were told it is not enough. Martin Burnham later died in the rescue that rescued Gracia and returned her to her family. But a ransom had been paid. But it was not enough. The disciples realized a ransom had been paid. And it was enough. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. Sin had left a stain that, that all my good works and all the things that I could do would not remove the stain. And no church and, and no philosophy, nothing could remove that saint stain. Sin had left a crimson stain. But Jesus washed it white as snow. And only Jesus can forgive sins. And they had a new message that they said, this is a message that we need to take to literally the world. The message that the resurrection guarantees forgiveness for all who trust in Jesus Christ. From the greatest of sinners, Paul said, I am the greatest of sinners It doesn't matter what our past holds. The resurrection guarantees that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And with that new message, they were called of God and compelled by the love of Christ that they said, we're not going back to fishing. We're not going back to our old way of life. We have a new purpose, we have a new power, we have a new confidence, and we have a message that literally everyone needs to hear, that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ alone. You read the book of Acts, the disciples were not afraid to die because they also realized that they had a new home. This world was not their home. They understood that they were pilgrims, they were foreigners in this land, that as a follower of Christ who had called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, they were citizens of heaven. And when they were told... We're going to set you free, but make sure that you do not preach this message about Jesus Christ. They said, do what you will to us. We have to obey Christ rather than man. And as they saw various disciples taken and and beheaded or crucified or stoned to death, nothing changed because they realized They have a new home. And they realized as they saw Stephen stoned and left for dead, they realized Stephen is absent from the body, but he is present with the Lord. And it removed the fear of death from them because they had set their affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Our new home gives us a new goal, and that new goal is heaven. 
The songwriter said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Do you understand these transformed lives, these 11 and and other disciples that then followed Jesus Christ, the two on the Emmaus road as they were walking away in sorrow and despair said, what are we going to do? And Jesus comes along and they didn't know it was Jesus and He opens up the Scriptures and declares unto them, from the Old Testament, the prophecies of Jesus and how they had been fulfilled. And then when their eyes were opened and they realized, this is Jesus and He is alive, their lives were transformed. Let me ask you today, you may say, I'm a Christian. Let me ask you, are you living like you serve a resurrected Savior? Do you have a new, a new purpose in life? Is there a new power that enables you to do things that aren't naturally done? To be kind to those that aren't kind to you. To forgive those that aren't worthy of forgiveness. To show mercy when maybe no mercy has been shown to you. Do you have a new power? Do you have a new confidence Or are you subject to the news and the weather and the circumstances and the things of this life? What is the message of your life? Just to get by? Just to survive? Just to make it through life? What is the purpose? Do you think those disciples would have given their lives if Jesus Christ had remained dead? Do you think they would have acted the way they did if they stole Jesus' body away and went and hid it somewhere and covered it up and continued to support the lie? Absolutely not. The thing that changed their life was that He is a living Savior. And their life was transformed. And when we really come to realize that I serve a risen Savior and He is in the world today and He is willing to forgive my sins and willing to shepherd my life and willing to lead me and minister through all the difficulties of life, when I understand that, It will give us a new life when we receive Christ. And will give us a new purpose, a new power, a new confidence. And we'll have a new message. Why? Because there is a new home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Are our treasures laid up somewhere beyond the blue? The victory has been won. And the reality is, the victory was manifested not just in Jesus' life, 
But the victory was manifested in his disciples' lives. They were transformed. And as a result of their transformation from this little group of followers of Christ, the gospel then spread throughout the then known world. And it has continued to spread until today. Jesus Christ is preached around the world, although it has been sought to be outlawed, although it is attacked, although they are persecuted around the world. You cannot stop the power of Jesus Christ. Satan threw his greatest against him, and he rose victorious. Heavenly Father, I pray today that if there is one here today who has never come to know the power of Your forgiveness, Lord, I pray today that they would call upon You for the forgiveness of sin and that You promise that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray if there is one here today that has never called upon You, even now, Lord, would they call upon You. And Lord, I pray for every individual here today that we would, as the disciples, be changed by the power of Your resurrection. That we would be brought to realize that You have called us to a higher calling, that we serve a living Savior. And Lord, I pray that it would be manifested in the power of You that's working through our lives, that we're able to respond supernaturally to the situations that come into our lives, that we're able to walk in victory through the power of Your resurrection that we follow a higher calling. And Lord, I pray that the same power that raised up Jesus Christ would not only minister in our lives, but that it would also minister through our lives for Your honor and glory. Lord, we rejoice today in the victory of the resurrection, we rejoice today in the transformation that the resurrection brought in the disciples. And we rejoice today in the transformation that a living Savior brings in our life. We praise You that Your Word is true. We praise You that there is forgiveness of sins. We praise You that You are alive and soon returning as the King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Jason if he'd come and...